Well, it's good to see all of you here. We're almost finished with looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's, you find this in the Bible in the New Testament in Matthew uh, chapters 5 through 7. And so we've been looking at Jesus' message um, to his followers. And um, he delivered this to a group of followers along with people that were kind of journeying with him and just kind of looking on and, and listening to see what he would do. Because everywhere he went, all sorts of amazing experiences really began to occur. And so he uses this opportunity to really cast a vision for the life that people could live. And he's offering really, uh, we've been calling it the chance of a lifetime, to live with him as king and to do life in his kingdom, with his kingdom priorities, his kingdom values. And so we've so far looked at some of the themes within the Sermon on the Mount. We've broken it down in some different messages. So here's what we've covered so far. Um, He offered the chance of a lifetime for peace. Um, One of the uh, themes that runs throughout the Sermon on the Mount is the theme of relationships. And relationships are difficult, and so he's offering um, a way to do relationships differently. Uh, one, in a way to help people learn how to clear relationships up, how to not hang on to bitterness and develop grudges with people, but really to keep the air clear and to work out our relationships and to place a high value on people. He placed you know, the highest, and so God highly values people, and so um, He's inviting us to do that as well. Week after that, we looked at how he's offering a chance to make an impact with our life, to have a certain purpose and mission for our life, that we would see ourselves as, as salt and light in this world and in the culture. Um, a few weeks ago, we looked at prayer and how he's offering a way to, to request our needs, to bring our requests and needs to God. And then last week, Bruce looked at the chance that we have for freedom, how, how giving can actually be a way that it frees us up in our focus as we learn to value what God places high value on um, as well. And so what we're going to do this week is we're going to look at the issue of, of focusing our mind. How do you focus your mind, especially when you're anxious or worried about something? When you've got problems or trouble cropping up, how do you stay focused on the right things, um, whether that's people or your work or um, God's kingdom? How, how, do you, how do you remain focused on that when you're waiting for test results? You know, if someone's sick or if you're sick and you're waiting for test results, how, how do you not get worried? Or, or how do you, if you're waiting for a callback after a job interview and you really need that job, how do you not get, you know, kind of sucked into the worry cycle? Or, or even just if you're out of money and you're waiting for the next paycheck. And we're going to look at all of the different ways that Jesus, or the, not all, we're going to look at the two ways that Jesus um, points us toward to deal with worry. Because our, our thought life can easily be hijacked for all sorts of reasons. Um, there's worries common for us, um, but there's, there is some, that, that some things you worry about that I don't worry about and, and vice versa. But here's some of the common ones that we, that we face. One is, am I going to pass this test? Some of you are students and, you know, in a few weeks, like school starts I think in a week, and you'll have like a test probably within the week. Isn't that crazy? Like I just started and there's already a test. Some teachers are like, you know, and some of you are parents, and you've got kids, and you're, they're already, they've already got tests, and there's things that they need to do, and there's worry attached to preparing for tests. Or will I pass this class? Will I get the degree? Will I, will I get the job that I really want? Or maybe can I get a better job? And there's anxiety attached to that. There's people that worry about marriage here. There's people that are worrying about how is my marriage going to you know, get improved? Will it ever improve? Will it ever change? Or worry about my kids and their health and trying to shield them from all the possible sicknesses that float through um, 
know, schools and, and even in church, oh, I, you know, I get anxious about kids getting, my kids catching a cold or catching the flu. On and on and on, all these thoughts of worry related to money and people. But regardless of what you're currently worried about, Jesus taught this. He taught that worry robs us of both today and tomorrow. It, it's, it's a robber of a great deal of our lives if we allow this to happen. Worry will rob us of the chance of a lifetime. Take a look at Jesus' words here in Matthew six twenty-five through 32. Jesus says this. Now this is, he shifts gears. He talks about money and then all of a sudden he shifts to worry which there's a reason there. Therefore, he says, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? He's saying, look, there's much bigger concerns in life than just those issues. There's bigger things to be concerned with. Verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? The answer, yes, you are. You're more valuable than the birds, okay? Verse 27, who of you, by adding, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Who can do it? The answer, no one. No one is that good at worrying that they can add time. No one. It's a robber. Worry is a robber. Look at what Dr. Charles May said. He said, worry affects, he's the famous Mayo Clinic founder, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, and the whole nervous system. I have never met a man or known a man to die of overwork, but I have known a lot who died of worry. Worry's a robber. It can steal years. It can steal days, hours, weeks. It can steal opportunities because it just drains our focus. Jesus continues, and he says, so he's talked about, the birds, but then look what he says. Verse 28, he shifts our attention. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. First he says, look at the birds. Now he says, look at the flowers. What he's kind of doing here is he's directing our attention away from ourselves. He says, don't look at yourself. Look at these other things. Because sometimes when we take a break from ourselves and from our concerns, we have this opportunity to be a little less emotionally connected and we can kind of get the point of things. We can, we can discover some things about ourselves if we'll take the focus off ourselves. And so he directs our attention away. Now look at this picture of a, of a hibiscus. From really, even the naked eye can see much of the amazing details of this flower. It's a pretty flower. Um, you know, flowers, they're beautiful. They're, they're, they're colorful. And, and, you know, even without a microscope, you could just, I mean, this is zoomed in. I mean, you could certainly get down on this level and see it this close. But if you put this under a microscope, here's the same flower under a microscope. It shows itself to be even more intricate. You see more of the design. Well, Jesus' point is that these beautiful flowers, they make no effort to grow. They had no part in their own design. They didn't have any part in their own coloring. The, the gift of life is from God alone. He, he has given life. Verse 29, he continues... And says this, yet I tell you, now he's referring to the lilies of the field, I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor, Solomon was the wealthiest king of Israel, and he had the money to adorn himself nicely. He could wear nice clothes, he could look, you know, good. He looked really good. Jesus is saying, not even Solomon looked as good as the lilies 
You know what I mean? Who, you know, Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, the way he clothes the grass of the field is he put lilies in the field. That's what Jesus did. He dressed up the grass with lilies. If he can do that, which the grass is here today and it's tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. He's taking care of the things that we really need. Verse 31. So do not worry. This is the command. Jesus, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? These are the concerns. We have our own versions of these little statements, don't we? Now, these are concerns about basic necessities, aren't they? I need to know what I'm going to eat. I need to know if I'm going to have, have enough food and drink and, and, and clothes. But we, have, we take that far beyond that with our, with our worries. And we've got this whole other list of things that consume our attention, don't, don't we? Verse 32, he says that that kind of worry, that's what the pagans, he says, for the pagans, this is what the world runs after, all these things. And yet your heavenly Father knows that you need them. I can get worked up over basic necessities, like how am I going to pay for this stuff in the future? How, am I going to have enough for this or that? I can get worried about that. But I can also get worried about all the other things that are, not, that are far beyond basic necessities. <laughs> I get worried about wants. I get worried about my desires and my goals. And, and, and I get worried up about senseless things too. You know, recently I've been worried about my sprinklers and my lawn because my lawn looking looks bad and, and I, I just installed a bunch of new sprinkler um, nozzles because the city offered a free rebate program to save water and to help improve your, your lawn situation. And so I was like, it's free, you know, just go and do this. So I, me and my son, Gabe, we counted all of our zones. We That's a half circle. He learned all about how to, how to do irrigation and man, it was fascinating for both of us. And, and so we're out there, we're doing this. We go to the place, we get the new ones, we screw them in. Go look at my house. It's pathetic right now. It's all burnt. I got burns everywhere. It just didn't it didn't look good. Well, I needed to turn up the water and, and they didn't, you know, give me all the details on how to make this new thing work and but there's almost this predictable cycle to my lawn during the summer. My lawn burns in the summer. I mean, it's almost like I put more water on it, it still burns. Why? Cuz it's hot here, you know? And you know, some people their lawns stay green year round, not my lawn it just doesn't work that way but i give it all this worry every year i get i mean if i plug holes in it so i'll I'll run this little thing through and plug holes because water's not getting in and i'll throw new you know new nozzles in this year but every year the same cycle what happens in the fall in the winter it greens up what do i do nothing it just happens (laughs) it just happens there's this predictable cycle god has wired into things and why do we get so worked up about that well, and then on top of my worries, then the enemy. If you if you follow Christ, then you have a you have a spiritual adversary, and, and your enemy he supercharges your worry in order to get get your focus distracted away from God, and devour your time and devour your energy, devour your good years. In fact, First Peter speaks of the devil in this way. He says the, the devil is like a a roaring lion, who we need to be on guard. And, and be watching out for it because he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he may devour. You see, this is one of the major ways that the enemy sinks his teeth into people is through devouring our time and energy through worry. We give in to worry, and then he supercharges that, and all of a sudden we're in, we're in a world of, of distraction and, and 
Our time is being devoured. And we're drained. And here's an alternative. Two things. Number one, we battle worry by turning to God repeatedly in prayer. Now this may be, oh yeah, obvious. That's, that's obvious. I knew that. We almost all would say, if you've spent any amount of time in church, that you'd say, that, I know that. I know I should be praying more. That helps me with worry. Um, but Jesus is saying, look, instead of the way that the rest of the world is doing this, which the rest of the world, they run around asking, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? They're consumed by these thoughts. This is what consumes us is worry. Instead of that, we'd, we need to turn our, our thoughts and our concerns over to God in prayer. Look at what Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6. It's another command. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard, or that word means rule, your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I, I, kinda, I would prefer my heart to be ruled by peace rather than by worry, but I've been known to worry in my heart. <laughs> See, this passage, it gives us direction for where to go, what to do when worry creeps in. We turn our attention to God. We pray to Him because prayer, it <clears throat> keeps our attention on God. It, it redirects uh, our focus. Whenever I'm trying to get my kids' attention and I know they're distracted and they're not listening because their eyes are looking past me at the toy or their friends, and I'm like, hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm right here. I'm right here. And if I get their attention long enough and I say, repeat back to me what I just said, then I, okay, I've got their attention. I find a lot of comfort when I remember that prayer does that for me. Prayer redirects my attention to God. I, I, it's like I'm, I'm all over the place and then I pray and I'm able to lock on to what God would want in that moment. So he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, turn things over to him in prayer. Then check out verse 7. He says, this is what happens. The peace of God, which transcends our understanding. I can't even figure out how this works, he's saying. Like, this is beyond your ability to understand and know that, but God, in a way, works supernaturally to settle you down, to cause you to breathe easy, to rest at night, to go to bed and get good rest. Like there's some things that God can do on his end that we can't figure out and understand, but he, he's making some promises here through this area. And I don't know about you, but peace is the last thing that I tend to experience in the midst of heavy worry. Instead, when I'm worried, it feels like I'm stuck inside a washing machine. I'm just, I'm in the spin cycle like with my clothes. I'm just going up and down and around. And one worry leads to another worry, and another worry leads to another. And before I know it, I'm dizzy. And I'm dizzy with things that are unrelenting and unsolvable. And I'm just up and I'm down emotionally. Jesus wants to, he wants to teach us how to hand our worries over to him. And that he wants to redirect our focus. And then pre- peace comes, knowing God is in control. Second, and probably less of an obvious thing, prayer seems like, for, for many, you would say, oh, that's the obvious solution to worry is pray more. I need to pray more. Now, this is less obvious. We battle worry by focusing on the work before me today. This is the key that I really would love for you to, to, to understand and wrestle with this week. And really for the rest of your life. We battle worry by focusing on the work before me today. See, you've got things on your plate today. You've got your work, stuff that you're responsible for, and then you've got God's kingdom work. And there's really a, there's a merging between those two things. If your work is actually God's kingdom work and righteousness. You know, your respo- you managing your responsibilities, that's what God, that matters to God. You handling your relationships well, and if, you're, if your work is outside the home, and, and you're not a pastor like me, that's still a godly, noble thing to be giving yourself 
to your work in, the, in, in a balanced way. I don't want to say giving yourself. Be careful with that. You know. But to, to be working hard while you're at work. Or if your primary work focus is really at home, that, that is, that is, that's in line with God's kingdom and his righteousness. And so whatever it is for you, and think about, well, there's some work that needs to be done today. Look at what Jesus says, Matthew 6:33. After he talks about worry, he says, but seek first. He talks about all the worries, and then he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus is reminding us that we've got enough on our plate to give our focus and our attention to right now, in the present. We've got enough. He's telling us to stay focused on the main goal of seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And your needs, your worries, those things will be taken care of. I've got some things wired into this world and into your life that you don't understand yet, but I've got a plan, and I'm going to work that stuff out. But you stay focused on the right things. I know that's easier said than done, because it's easy to tell myself, I'm going to stay focused on my, on my responsibilities and my job. You know, I've got a lot on my plate today, I need to focus. But then I find myself drifting off, and my mind can just drift towards worry about the things that are coming up in the future, about things that I'm anxious about. So how do we practice, practically do this? I want, to, I want to kind of walk through a basic illustration to show you how we can respond to this passage. There's three buckets here, and these are going to represent this passage. There's four buckets here that you see. So we've got tomorrow's trouble. This is part of our concerns. and There's the prayer bucket. And then there's the today's work bucket. And back here, this is the time bucket. Okay? This is full of sand. And so the today's work bucket is really, this represents, you know, how we focus and when we focus on God's kingdom, God's righteousness, our responsibilities, your job, the stuff you do at home, stuff that you'll be held accountable for. This is you handling your stewardships and responsibilities today. This is staying focused at work. This is spending quality time with your family. This is cleaning the house. This is doing some chores. This is interacting with your kids. This is planning for a, you know, a home project and figuring out how I'm going to pull that together. This is setting up a personal budget, a family budget. This is today's work. That's stuff that's on your plate right now. The prayer bucket is really where we refocus. Focus on what God wants. This is where we ask him to set the agenda for our day. It's where we actually take our requests and turn them over to him. The worries, we turn it over to him here. And then this is obviously all those things that are tomorrow, about our marriage, about our money, about our time management. In any given day, we can choose how we're going to spend our time. We get to make that choice. Where am I going to pour my energy and pour my time? If I give in to fear, worry, and anxiety, then our day is basically going to look something like this. I wake up, I go to work. And I, I am pretty motivated, so I've got, I've got good intentions. And I want to get some good work done today, and so I, I get after it. Sit down, get to my desk, and I start working on some things. And I, I've got to focus. But then all of a sudden, my mind starts to wander. And I start thinking about all those things. And I start thinking about my kids. My kids, and they're acting up. And so I, I start getting anxious about, what are they going to turn out like? And I start giving in to worry. And I see the paper, and I see kids are messed up, and I'm like, oh, man. And 
what if my kids end up like that and I'm I'm you know, I'm given this time to, to that and all of a sudden I realize my wife calls and hey the kids are sick. Oh gosh. And I'm I'm at work and I'm at my desk and I'm trying to focus and now I'm anxious about that and I'm like, Well, you better quarantine the family. Cancel our plans for tonight because if we go there, we're gonna get that and I don't want any of that because then I'm going to get that and then you might get that and then we might pass that on to a lot more people and, you know, cancel the week because we just need to, you know, and if I'm a student and I've got, you know, a test coming up next week, I'm trying to study, but my mind just kind of, I get worried. What if I don't pass? I don't, I don't understand a thing in this book. Did he teach us this stuff? My parents are going to kill me. I'm, I'm supposed to be studying, and they're going to see these grades. And, you know, I go to work, and my boss asks me to do stuff, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm adequate to do this stuff. And so I'm, I'm giving myself all this worry. What if I get fired? What if I don't find a job? How am I going to provide and support myself? And I'm just anxious, and I'm a worrier. And, I'm, and I don't want to be that way. And then someone says, hey, you want to go out to lunch, one of my coworkers? Uh, if I do, I don't, I don't have any money. And then I realize I'm, I don't have any money. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I, I talk to a buddy at work. What you doing? Oh, I'm working on, I'm looking at my retirement. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, retirement. <laughs> and I'm just, all of a sudden, you know, all the worries of my mind have Put me in the spin cycle, and I'm just, the day spins by, and at the end of the day, I look, you know, I'm stuck in this spin cycle. And at the end of the day, I look at my bucket, and I look at, you know, I didn't really get a whole lot done. They're paying me to work. God's provided, you know, or I have a family, and I'm going to be accountable to that, and I don't, I didn't really do a whole lot in that department, or should have been interacting more with people in my life. I should have been, but I got, I got. I look at the prayer, and man, I didn't, oops, I didn't, you know, do any of that. And I look at this, and I realize, wow, I gave all my time and my attention. And I think, oh, well, you know, that was, I've given it to the what-ifs. I've given it to the future, to the tomorrow's trouble. And I've really wasted my day. Worry robs us. It robs us of the present. And we think to ourselves, well, there's always tomorrow, right? There's always tomorrow. I'll do better tomorrow. And I hate to quote Apollo Creed, but if you know me, I like Rocky, so I like to bring him into the mix here and there. But he said this. He said, there is no tomorrow. And, and I just thought, and that's Apollo right there. And those shorts, they're coming back apparently, so <laughs> I've been noticing those. And, uh, but now, don't build your life on Apollo's theology or Rocky theology good entertainment but jesus said it this way matthew six twenty seven. jesus said who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life again worry is a robber you can't do it none of us are that good at worrying that we can add time we can really pull that off james the brother of jesus said it this way james four thirteen through 14 very pointed statement james says now listen It's like he's saying to me, listen up. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, we will spend a year there, we'll carry on business, and we'll make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. 
What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Our time is not unlimited. No matter how you look at this, you, you don't have unlimited time. You don't have unlimited days. Every day people step into eternity. Some unexpected. God's appointed. He, he, our days are numbered. He knows how long we're going to live. He knows how long my life is going to be. Just yesterday I got an email from uh, a board, uh, the secretary for the uh, board of directors that I serve on. And one of the members from our board, his uh, one of the members from our board, his wife suddenly died yesterday, unexpectedly. And, you know, we do not know what tomorrow holds. Our, you know, tomorrow is not promised to us. Now, here's what a day could look like if, if we really did what Jesus is telling us to do. We start out, again, the day with good intentions, and so we get to work and we put some, you know, we get after it. And we start working, we're focused, and we're really trying to keep our thoughts on guard. And then our mind again starts to, to wander, and we start thinking about the kids. And we start going there, but all of a sudden we realize, I need to pray. I need to turn this over to God. And so we pray, God, would you help me? Would you, would you help me not to give in to fear and worry? Would you help me to uh, trust you with my kids? Would you help me to study what you have to say and apply what you have to say in the Word? Would you, would you help me to line up my life with what you want and not get so um, anxious over this issue? Because you have a lot to say about my parenting and what, what you want from my kids. And As soon as I say amen, then what do I do is then I get back to work. This is, this is Jesus' solution to worry. I get back to work. And as I'm working, my mind wanders to the test that's coming up, and I'm getting, I can feel the anxiety, and I'm about to step into the spin cycle again, and I stop myself, and I just, God... I'm studying, I've been studying, and I, I just need your help to remember the things that I've studied. I put the time in. Um, if I don't get a, a 100%, I'm going to be okay with that. And I know that there's some good things that can come from this. And amen, I go back to studying some more. I go work some more on what's my responsibility. And then I'm worried about finances. It comes up to my mind. All of a sudden, I realize my bank account is really low. And so I start going there. But again, I just, God, I know... Your word says you provide for, you know, you clothe the grass of the fields with the lilies. You provide for the birds of the air. I can trust you. you you're, you're saying you actually care more about me than you do. I can trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. And then I get back to work, and I just stay focused throughout my day. And I move back and forth between the right things. And primarily, this is where we need to be giving our focuses to today's work. The things that are our responsibilities right now, this is where... We can really battle the worry as we stay focused on the work. God has built in really two barriers between us and tomorrow's trouble. And those two barriers are the prayer bucket and the today's work bucket. Where the scripture says in verse 34 at the end of your listening guide, verse 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. There's enough I've got to do right now and that I will answer for right now to keep me focused. There's enough on my plate right now that, that, that can even um, focus my time and my life. Just putting myself to the right things actually battles worry. Um, God has told us, hey, trust me with those things. Keep first things first, his kingdom, his righteousness. Imagine if you were to, what, what it would feel like to have a worry-free life. That's what God would want for us is that we would stay focused on doing the work he's asked us to do today. 
and that we wouldn't have to worry about tomorrow. As I've battled worry myself, even this year I found myself at a few points overwhelmed with some, with some things. And just at points worried to where I couldn't eat that kind of worried. And one of the things that really helped me was um, trying to get back to work. I've got to get back to work. Because if I would give myself to this, this will just, I'll empty my days here. And I lose years. And I miss out on some things that might have happened in this life and in this opportunity, my family. And, and so this is a battle. This is really a battle. Um, I hope that, that this could be something that in your mind, when you sense yourself getting into worry for whatever reason that is, that you'd, you'd pray and then you'd get back to work. Take a look at these uh, next steps. I want to invite our worship team to come back up. And I want to go a little further as we look at these next steps. Also, if, if our ushers would prepare to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Here's three next steps. Number one would be, if you find yourself just consumed with worry, list those things out. List out and pray about your anxieties. List them out. And rather than this being your just your worry list, turn that into your prayer list and just okay this is what i'm praying for these are the things that are consuming my 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 mental energy and time now turn that into a prayer list second make a checklist of today's work maybe flip on the back and just write to do list this week to do and start making a large list this is this represents what is what is your responsibilities and maybe some things that are on your mind that you'd really like to get after go ahead and list those things out Write out a long checklist. And then the third thing here is just to set the most ambitious goal for the week ahead. This year when I was really anxious, um, what I tried to do was set the most outrageous goals for my life. I'm going to write this crazy long to-do list, something I could never accomplish. Why? Well, I did it so that I could stay focused on today's work. And then at the end of the day, I'd look at, wow, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much I was able to accomplish in that week. Now, I could have given that time to, to that and lost those days and missed those opportunities. My encouragement for you is set an ambitious goal, something you're like, there is no way possible I could do all this. Maybe share that with a friend. Ask the people to pray for you that you stay focused on this. In the area of worry, Jesus has given us. He's given us a solution. He's given us a solution. These two buckets right here. I want to um, draw your attention to uh, something coming up. And so in a moment, we're going to be receiving our tithes and offerings. And if you, if you came prepared to give, by all means, you can give using the baskets when the ushers pass those around. There's some different ways if you prefer to give in another way. Or if you'd like to learn more about giving, you can go to our website. We've got some info on there about um, giving and what the scripture says about that. Um, one of the things right now that our giving it impacts is we're planning on September 14th for um, to launch a new series. We're going to go through the book of Ecclesiastes, and we're calling that Suburban Myths. And the book of Ecclesiastes is a real peculiar book. It's not an easy read. Well, it, it's not a more, it's just a confusing. The guy's confused. We'll just start there. He's, he's got a lot of wondering, and, and so we're going to look at that. And he's, he's kind of near the end of his life. And um, made some good choices, made some bad choices, has some regrets. He, he's, 
he's even still confused, it seems like, as he's writing this book. And so we're going to look at this. But he presents a list of myths. If I just would do this, then my life's going to come together. Or if I just would give my life to that, then that's where the answer is for me. He presents all these different ideas. And really, um, you know, uh, he's presenting them for us to, to mull on and as he's in the mix. And so we're going to kick off that series. You'll see there's two cards in your um, bulletin. And on that on that Sunday, we're going to be having um, Lyft Coffee is going to be providing lattes. They're going to bring a cart out here. They're going to be making specialty coffees and lattes. And also they have been begun providing, as of today, um, some our own OCC blend that they made for us, which is pretty neat. So it's in the back there for you to enjoy. Uh, but on this day, we're going to be having some specialty coffees. And then we're bringing out Mom's mini donuts. And they're going to be serving up some yummy treats. And so... We're looking forward to that. Also, we're starting a backpack drive for children in Riverside, who, and we're going to get connected to the schools um, of Riverside so that we could supply backpacks and school supplies to families who need them. And so you'll be learning more about that on that Sunday. And so we'll tell you more about how you can be involved on the 14th because we're going to kick off the backpack drive um, that week, and we'll go through um, probably for uh, at least four weeks. And so, But we've given you those cards really in an hopes that you would hand them out and invite people to join with us on September 14th. So let's pray. Lord God, we again just thank you for taking care of us. We thank you for your great love. We thank you for the promises of your word and that we could stand on them in the midst of confusing thoughts and overwhelming fears. Lord, I pray you'd redirect our focus through your word set our heart to please you and as we set our minds to stay focused on you in prayer throughout the day. And Lord, help us to stay after what's on our plate right now. Help us to get after and stay after the work before us. For that pleases you. Help us to trust you, God, with the unknowns and the what-ifs. It's good to know, God, that you are in charge and you're in control. Lord, we just, as we give or as we mull on this area, Lord, I pray that you would have this area of our life, and that our money really would be used as a reflection of um, walking with you. And just, Lord, help us to use the resources you've provided in a wise way. Help us to steward well the resources you have provided, Lord. Thank you for the things that you're allowing us to do as a congregation as we grow in the area of generosity. Lord, I pray you'd help us to be faithful as well in this area. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.